Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. Happy Independence Day. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler, but I'm not alone on this wonderful birthday, 240th birthday of the United States of America. Of course, my doctrinaires are with me. Tim Andrews is here. Hello. English Nick is here. Good day, sir. We'll get to that in a moment. We yep. bring English Nick in on this day just so we can kick a Brit. <laughs> kick him while he's down. 240 years. How how you like them apples? Man, what a weekend it's been. I get all this I get all this grief yesterday about the Iceland win over England. Mm-hmm. And now it's And like now it's oh. 1776 baby. <laughs> Somebody delivered a letter. You guys are probably laughing just like that, but boy. And that don't get me going on the war of 1812. It's just too early. Autumn Fisher is here with us. Good morning. And, of course, the most handsome, the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jerry Yamamoto is with us. Good morning, guys. And uh, despite the last name, a good American. A man who's nothing, he, he, he absolutely looks nothing like his last name. I call him Redneck Yamamoto, and we're glad to have him here. We have Redneck Yamamoto, English Nick. <laughs> It's the United Nations of American <laughs> loving patriotism. Uh. So let's start our show the way, you know, we do this show every Sunday from noon to three. And if you haven't listened to that show yet, well, what, what the heck's the matter with you? This is how we start the show. Headlines of the day. Uh, I just lost a bet. <laughs> Started this yes. one off. I lost a bet yes. to the handsomest producer in all of producery. <laughs> Jared Yamamoto. All right, Jared, hit me with some headlines. So a controversial Trump tweet showing anti-Semitic stereotypes with a graphic that included like a dollar bill and a six-pointed Star of David first came from a fringe message board, Eric. I like the idea of fringe message boards. I saw this, and I think when the Trump people put it up, I believe it was somewhat innocent, obviously. Isn't Trump's Trump's daughter is married to a Jewish man. She's now had a child, so she he's got Jewish blood in his family. I don't believe that he's anti-Semitic, but if you saw this thing, yeah, it's Hillary Clinton with a bunch of dollar signs behind her, and it's a, it's a play on the idea of making history. So, yeah, she made history with, what, what does the thing inside of the Star of David say? This is, uh, um, uh, Tim, you know, what's it say inside of there? How she made history. Most corrupt politician yes. ever. And yes, yes. Most, most corrupt politician ever. So first, so they put it up there, and it, it's, well, I'll get to what's silly about it. So they realize it's anti-Semitic because of the Star of David. Uh, they pull it back. They put the same graphic up there, and they, they, they made the Star of David just a round uh, a circle, a red circle. They put the words inside of that. And I guess now they've actually removed it altogether because what they found out is the original one they put up was most likely put up by an anti-Semite onto a fringe website, right? So here's the first thing. Even though Trump's not my cup of tea, I'm voting libertarian this time around. I still am able to see how uh, the, the the mainstream media just beats up on these people where it's really not. You can, in this day and age, you can never look at somebody and go, oh, you guys made a mistake. Nothing is ever a mistake. And, and even if it is a mistake, let's remember we all are on political teams here. So if the other side made a mistake, 
we can't just blow it off and say we make mistakes, they make mistakes. We have to get the most political yardage out of this possible. <laughs> so you have the, uh, the, the media basically reporting this as if Donald Trump woke up in the middle of the night and said, let's throw something anti-Semitic <laughs> out there. So the first thing the Von Hester Doctrine says is, yes, even though Trump's not my cup of tea, I can see how his campaign gets beat up on things like this when it's, really, it's not really called for because there was no anti-Semitic intent. However... The second part of that is, man, this campaign ends up on the wrong side of things like this an awful lot. I don't remember one of these McCain stories. I don't remember one of these Romney stories. So where you want to come in and say to the media, hey, every once in a while you can just acknowledge the fact that something was a mistake. On the other hand, what kind of ship are you running? What, what is your campaign like? Wow, aren't these mistakes that a professional campaign shouldn't make? And this one makes an awful lot of mistakes like this. So both things are kind of true. The media is going to beat up on a Republican more than a Democrat because Hillary makes mistakes like this all the time. It's not seen as a big deal. So... uh yeah, you say something. Yeah, I was about to say when you look at the tweet too, it looks like it came from from a retweet of Fox News too. He ties it to a Fox News no. poll, and it says that is, does the description fit the candidate? They put they put the Fox News thing in there, I believe. Right, right. It's at the bottom of it, so yeah. it kind of looks like it's a Fox News tweet. Now, whoever so, made that image put that there. Yeah, you see, this is the way that it works. That's why we have Tim Andrews here, not just for his voices and to make slurpy sounds uh, while he's drinking <laughs> coffee in the morning when you're driving. <laughs> To the Peachtree Road Brace. Uh, we bring him here because he is the guy who lives on the part of the internet that Eric Von Hessler is quite frankly frightened of. There are parts of the internet that I assume the FBI or CIA gets in touch with you the second you go there. So I don't go anywhere near it. I believe this fringe website that's being spoken of here is a website called 4chan that Tim Andrews uh, understands. Eric Von, I do not understand this website at all. And it's, it's interesting because... They purposely seem to keep it at like a 1997 user interface level, just so people like me don't get involved. Like I go, I get, if, if you go to 4chan, to me it looks like a really bad MySpace page. So boom, I'm out of the way. That gets me out of the way. But you, so do you understand this fringe site? What it's about? Why this was up there? Yes, okay, I do. Because there's a there's a there's a bunch of different boards on this website called 4chan.org, and one of them is called Politically Incorrect. And on that site, on that portion of the site, there are a lot of different memes, a lot of different uh, artwork. And, and So people are actively trying to be politically incorrect. Actively trying to be politically incorrect. There's a lot of interesting threads on there. Like, you can go to one thread, and, and it's all about the Chicago uh, police scanner. So you listen to that all night, and they right. laugh about what's going on. <laughs> yeah, very and, interesting. I'd be up all night, yes, absolutely. I have been. Uh, and, <laughs> doesn't surprise me. And uh, but the, the Trump thing is Trump has become their meme candidate, so they love Trump. And there's all these these memes of him, his anime, and you know, make America great. And there are a bunch of people on there who are anti-black, anti-Semitic. Anti you keep using a term called Stormfront or something like that. Well, there's an or there's an organization in the United States called Stormfront, and they post there. So it is well, very people, likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very likely that the person who first posted this was actually meant it. Yes, meaning there's a there's a large meme out there that says. You know Hillary Clinton and puts it in with the whole, you know, Jewish bankers. The thing that's been around right, forever. It's ridiculous. Right. right. Okay. So uh, and and so it's on one hand, yeah, it's not real. On the other hand, this Trump campaign, you're running for president of the United States. 
you're known for your tweets. Man, if there's something that Donald Trump should be an expert at, it's tweets. But this is a couple times now. They just pick things up and retweet them, and they don't vet them. They don't. It, this is a problem, I think. Yeah, it doesn't seem like reason has any factor when it comes to <laughs> Look, it made me laugh. It made you laugh. <laughs> you thought it was I knew funny. what it was. I knew that that was a star of David. Uh, yeah, okay. And it made you laugh. Look who's in the news. Uh, all right, give me another story. There's not a whole lot to say about it other than uh, the the Trump campaign needs to understand that the media is going to be out to get them even if they weren't making these mistakes. You've got to be double good, gotta, I think. you got to hold them accountable for yeah. this kind of stuff because, I mean, just changing the images, people will, I mean, the Internet will essentially allow you to, to go back and fact, figure out exactly right. where it came from, where the original And that's exactly what they did. From. Somebody went on the Wayback Machine or something like that and figured out exactly <laughs> yeah. where this thing came from. Uh, so... You know, just get it together. This Trump campaign is uh, all over the place. They've, they've spent no money. Maybe they don't have to. The good news is they're not doing it like any other, <laughs> like any other candidate for president ever. And who knows? Maybe that's gonna. This is gonna be the year. But I've got a feeling as you get closer to November, you're gonna need more of a of a, of a real campaign, something that looks like a campaign from the past, because it's gotta it's gotta be fifty states and a handful of states that are very very important. And we'll get to that story in the next uh, next hour about how he doesn't seem to be doing well there. Anyway, I'm tr- not trying to beat up on the Trump campaign, but if you're a Trump supporter, you need to get on these people and say, tighten it up. You, you know, you can't you can't be this unwieldy and loose on the way to the White House. Tighten it up. Yeah, I don't think Donald Trump is an anti-Semite, but the, this is too many times with this campaign where they end up on the wrong side of that. You're not going to win the rhetorical war. Give me another headline. Speaking of 50 states, NBC's latest back, background map shows, uh, battleground map shows Hillary Clinton maintaining an edge in most of the swing states. So the swing states are We've Ohio, got, Florida, Pennsylvania. Colorado, North Carolina, Virginia. Okay, and... Uh, this, and some of these places, a lot of the idea behind Donald Trump's campaign was he was going to be able to pull people from Pennsylvania, Ohio. Uh, now he's in a weird situation where the convention's in a couple of weeks, and the, the popular governor, Republican governor of Ohio is not going to attend the Republican convention. Don't need him. <laughs> you, you don't need him. Not, <laughs> don't need him, folks. <laughs> so, we got Mike Tyson. <laughs> I, had heard, I had heard that, the, that uh, he was doing pretty well in Pennsylvania. And rather close in Ohio and being blown out in Florida. And the problem here, again, like I just said, uh, for the Trump campaign, you have to admit he got the nomination, the, being the presumptive nominee, in a, in a fashion that's never been done up to this point. So the question is, can you still run a rogue campaign all the way through November and make it work? And some of these numbers, when you get to these swing states, are starting to say no, because she's spending like a million dollars already on TV, and he's spending zero. Now, if he wins, he is going to rewrite <laughs> the political book on how to win the White House. But those are kind of long odds. Anyway, it's July 4th. I don't want division. We're all Americans. Trump supporters, Hillary, well, kind of. Eh, we're all Americans. It's Independence <laughs> Day. More headlines <laughs> when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. Happy 240th 
to the United States of America. I'm Eric Von Hessler. That's Tim. That's uh, Jared. Autumn is here. And, of course, we brought our, our, our honorary, our, our, our token Brit. Right here, English Nick is with us. Legal, uh, uh, he doesn't even say. See, uh, the, Jinx, <laughs> this is why they lost the wars. Legal resident, I must say. <laughs> By the way, I say wars because no one ever talks about the second one, the War of eighteen twelve, which didn't end until eighteen fifteen, <laughs> and nobody talks about <laughs> that one. We declared war on them during that one, and we got a little bit lucky because uh, Napoleon was busy. But uh, <laughs> basically, it worked out. It worked out in our favor, although we lost our White House at the time, and I'm blaming you, English Nick, for that. But English Nick uh-huh. was telling me, we were doing this story about the Trump uh, Star of David thing, and how it all started on this ridiculous place called 4chan. 4chan.org. Yeah. I try and pull it up, and it's like access denied. Yeah, you can't get it in this building. Talk to your system administrator. Well, don't talk to your system administrator, because they're not going to give you 4chan, because that is an ugly, disgusting place. Place to be, Jared you know, Yes, yes. Sorry, I've tried to go on 4chan, and I don't know how to how it works. And I feel like I'm an intelligent person. That's my to point. Figure out the internet. They, you know? they, they actually dumb it down so it looks yeah. like 1993, and no one wants. It's just a, a an ugly user interface. But you don't want to go there. It's the the worst don't. of the worst of the worst in the internet. Live there. Jared, give me a headline. Sure. The 47th Peachtree Road Race has started, and the wheelchair race and professional women are on the course as we speak. And in just about a few minutes, then everybody else gets released, right? And then That's boom, right. Professional men are next, actually. Professional men? Yes. By 7.30, I thought everybody was running. Am I wrong about that? You, the, I believe the course has started at 8.30, as I pull it up here. I think 8.30? Every, 8.30 is when everybody else starts. You gotta, I don't you, think you, you, right. I don't think you, I, you've got to let, you've I, got, but you got to let the professionals get It looks like they're about to start down. right now. No, they're, he's wrong. He's always wrong. <laughs> yeah. he's, not, he's wrong. Jared is wrong. It, they don't wait till 8.30. It's 7.30 is when they release everybody. Yes, you're right. I misspoke there. How long does it take <laughs> oh, to run it? By the, hold on one second. One second. Uh, uh, you, misspeaking is not the same as wrong. You were wrong. Misspeaking is when you know the information and you don't say it properly. But what just got just, excited over What here. she just said was just absolutely wrong. I'm going to get outside in a bit and see what's going on. English I think that's Nick, the best way to see what's going on for we're real. We're going to send English Nick out there to see if he can talk to some of these folks as they come down because we're right here on Peachtree. It's mm-hmm. going to take, take them a while. Tim, just ask this question. I don't know what the average time is. Is it? I mean, it depends. Just the average person. I told God, you this. How yet. long is it? It's so long. I, well, it's ten k, right? Yeah, ten k. Yeah. So, so it's like six point two miles. I'm already tired. I'm just watching them. They haven't even started. I'm thinking about running. (laughs) (laughs) I I could never do it. I appreciate the people who do it. Uh, But as I said yesterday, if I tried to run the Peachtree Road race, I would die. That is a certainty. I would die. (laughs) So uh, we root you along, and we're going to send English Nick out there very soon. To uh, by the time they get down here is when people are really exhausted. So I'm looking for some uh, some pretty funny stuff out there on the streets. All right. When we return before English. Nick hits the streets. He's going to bring us up to date on Outrage. Outrage Corner with English Nick when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back to this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. I'm Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are surrounding me. Tim, Jared, English Nick, Autumn Fisher. Uh, we've got the the live feed of the Peachtree Road Race going, and uh, I just can't understand it. I look at people who are running, and there isn't somebody after them. 
and I can't understand the concept. Because <laughs> in my mind, the only time you ever run is when you need to flee, when you feel you're in danger. And for see people just doing it recreationally on one of the hottest days of the year is not something I can really comprehend. But uh, I salute these people. I salute them. I think there was a time, too, when you would run after your food, you know? Yes. you when, won, yes, Before there were grocery stores, yes, I you had to catch what you wanted to eat. So I understand that, too. But this, yeah, no. I can't understand it at all. Yes. The lead camera is having trouble keeping up with them now. It keeps They're having to keep zooming in and zooming out because of how fast they're well, running you got down the professional, there. You know, they're the professional women are, are out in the head now. And uh, so the normal folk are beginning. The waves, they're zooming, though. The, na- the waves of uh, normal folk Starting well, from 7.30 to 9.30, they start releasing batches of people. The masses. The masses. Yeah, my, my mom is a part of this group. Your mom is a part of this group. The ones that are being oh, released. Oh, not, no, not <laughs> the group that we're seeing right now. <laughs> the, the main group. The, the, the normal folk group. Between 7.30, 9.30. And your mom, like a lot of people, I guess, runs a little bit, jogs a little bit, walks a lot, then runs again, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I might have a chance on that, but uh, my feeling is if I tried to do this, I would have a heart attack long before I saw Heart Attack Hill. Is it called Heart Attack Hill here or Cardiac Hill? Cardiac Hill. Cardiac Hill. Heart Attack Hill's in Boston, right? They have to, every one of these routes has a, a, a hill <laughs> named after the number of people who have been yeah. killed trying to do this. But uh, it's a beautiful day for it. Wonderful Independence Day. And we'll be sending English Nick out there soon to get uh, a little interaction with some of our runners and some of the people who are cheering them on. People still hold water and things like that as you, as you run by. I don't know that I would trust that. I don't know if I was running that I would just trust anybody to... Give me water or Gatorade. Now, you know, maybe I some do. Some of Atlanta's finest homeless. Maybe, yeah, maybe I do. I got the, some water for you. I One dollar. I do the news too much. <laughs> I do the news too much, and I know how horrible people can be. I don't think I can just accept a random uh, cup of water as I'm running down. But before English Sticks gets out there, it is time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. Yes, right here. How you feeling? 240 years after we delivered a note to your King George. You know, as a man who's made this country its home for 20 years, I feel pretty good, pretty good about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you renounced the Queen yet? Nope, not Can yet. Can we get you to do that here? Wouldn't that be something on this special Independence Day show? If we could convince English Nick to renounce the Queen, I, I would feel like 240 <laughs> years later, we've kind of resolved this whole thing and I, tied it up with I, a nice pretty pink bow. I gotta say, things have been pretty dodgy back home the last couple <laughs> of weeks. You got the Brexit vote. Yeah. You got an English football team who can't beat a, a team called Iceland mm-hmm. and so yeah um, it might be time Eric and you cannot renounce the queen until you renounce calling soccer football there you go I realize you guys started it but we took it we made it better you've got you've got nothing that matches our Super Bowl but I don't want to let's not kick a Brit when he's down here on Independence Day you know, what's outraging the people of the world yeah, why stop kicking me now yeah. uh, four years after the mass shooting the Aurora movie theater in Colorado the victims may have to pay up to 700,000 in court costs now this is uh, you got to separate a few different things here and on the face of it there's an emotional response to this right i mean these people are victims i think it was 27 or 28 of the victims actually this has nothing to do with the case against the shooter which is no. already over and he's in jail for life um this is 27 or 28 of the survivors got together and sued the uh theater chain cinemark yeah which is the largest uh, theater chain in the country and so the emotional reaction is well how can the, the the theater chain come back to those people who are already victims and say you have to pay the court cost because those victims lost this case? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Now, that's an emotional response, and I understand it. Obviously, in Colorado, there's some version of what we call loser pays. So the idea behind loser pays, and I don't know how much it's applied in Colorado, but the idea behind that is one that conservatives quite often get behind. This is the idea that if you bring a frivolous lawsuit, and what's a frivolous lawsuit? That's not an emotional reaction. What's a frivolous lawsuit is a lawsuit that, given the way that the laws stand, you have almost no chance of winning. But you bring it anyway. And given the way the laws stand concerning... Well, what were they, they were saying that uh, they should have had additional security. Yep. And uh, that they alarms needed... Alarms for the they exits. Needed alarms on the, on the emergency exit door. And I don't... The jury just said, maybe they should have those things, but we just can't imagine in a million years that that would have changed the outcome. No, the so, guy had... He had bulletproof gear on. Yeah, he had yeah, he, he came in the teeth. There's no... Uh, when you walk into a movie theater... There's no expectation that they have an assault team ready to go for something like this. And because this actually just was a crazy tragedy that happened. So even though emotionally you could say, you know, why would they even want this bad PR? It's like $700,000. You think they'd be able to swallow it. The problem is if you, if you don't go after them for this, there's going to be a lot more frivolous lawsuits that are on things way less tragic. So although emotionally it seems wrong, I'm thinking by the letter of the law, probably the chain has it right. There was never a chance that they were going to lose this lawsuit given the law. And to be a little bit brutal here and somewhat cynical, their lawyers may have thought, well, maybe there's not a chance, but because of the emotion that's behind this case... Maybe we can get a jury. And ultimately, if that flies in the face of the laws of the state, it can fall into the category of a frivolous lawsuit. So although it's not good PR for the chain, the landmark chain, I, it's very difficult for me to see how, by the letter of the law, that it's wrong. That's, but if I was the CEO of Landmark, I don't know that I wouldn't just swallow the $700,000 you know, and move on. It's interesting because there's a bunch of tweets about this. Some people on the side of the victims, some people on the side of Cinemark saying, look, you guys were idiots to try and sue just for money. So yeah. they think Cinemark should get it back. So, so well, I mean, that's the if you have a, a version of, of of looser pays, and it can be established that this was whatever the definition of a frivolous lawsuit is. Lawsuits are it's a frivolous lawsuits are those filed by a party or attorney who is aware they are without merit because right. of a lack of supporting legal argument or factual basis for the claims. And I'm guessing, and I'm guessing <laughs> that the lawyers, the reason that they're susceptible to this is that the lawyers maybe thought, yeah, that's true to the letter of the law, but with the emotion that we'll get out of the jury, we might be able to get a favorable, and then that ends up being uh, frivolous. So, hit no. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I could understand uh, not having armed guards. I mean, I don't expect that to see that at a movie theater, but I would expect for there an, for an alarm to go off when you hit that emergency exit. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, can I ask you something? The guy came in throwing smoke bombs. Shooting. Yes, I, yeah, I, yeah. Is there any more of an alarm than that? Was right. there anybody in the theater that didn't know something very terrible was going on? So, but it would alert yeah. someone else. Well, I know. I just don't think. I, but the jury may have said, "Yeah, that's fine," but it would not have changed the outcome of this situation. Right. Ultimately, you cannot expect yeah. that a theater chain is going to be prepared 
for what happened because every theater chain would go out of business if they had to have the security for something like this every time they showed a movie in every one of their theaters. Next story, please. All right, next story is out of Denver where parents are outraged after Hooters Girls joined Cub Scouts group in a sponsorship deal <laughs> by the adult restaurant chain. So basically, these girls showed up in their uniforms <laughs> taking pictures with the young Cub Scouts. I thought it's just a family restaurant, you guys. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a family restaurant. Yeah. You know what? Come on. I bet you the Cub Scouts aren't complaining. No. I would imagine that the people most affected, the supposed victims here, are probably not complaining at all. It was Michelle Kettlebrush. She uh-uh. was outraged when she noticed woman in Hooters uniforms when she went to pick up her son from the Colorado Cub Scouts. Yeah, the truth is, I mean, in this world, Hooters girls are not edgy. I don't even, you know, it just, we live in a world where, you, where everyone is two clicks from gynecology. Now, in 1974, <laughs> the Hooters girl may have been on the outer edge, you know, of like, oh, wow, this is, this is like erotica or something, man. I never see this. Because I don't understand in this day and age of the internet why we still have beauty pageants. Right. Why we still have, like, why is, in 1977 or something, the Sports Illustrated Bikini uh, Edition, uh, was was really something because unless you were like a real perv, you know, going to adult theaters and things back then, you just you didn't have access. It's not like now; you just did not have access unless you went and bought Playboy or more substantial than that. So, I in a weird way to me, this is a silly story because I think of Hooters. I you you were laughing; it's a family restaurant, but I, that's the way that I think of it. I don't think of it as all that. Sexy, because in the world we live in, a Hooters restaurant is like the closest thing to Mister Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> like, your kids are seven years old and they're online, folks. Your kids are seven years old and they're online. Hooters restaurant is the magic kingdom compared to the things that your Cub Scouts are more likely to be. Uh, they're more likely to see online. Plus, I got to say that these girls in these pictures, they're not wearing the tight fitting Hooters no. high shorts. They're wearing just regular old Daisy Dukes that are pretty conservative. So, yeah. you know. They got the Hooters jackets. They got the they got the uh, Hooters NBA warm up jackets. <laughs> 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 they're wearing. So, you know what? This uh, you know, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, you need sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You know, you need some sort of sponsorship. So keeps it going, man. I don't. You know, I think adults really overreact to stuff like this. I don't think kids even notice. I did. Right. This, this picture of these women is—it's not like that typical no. Hooters waitress that no. you're sort of picturing. It's just like they look like high school yeah. girls. They're just <laughs> nice, nice people. And if you're what Cub Scouts are, what eight years old? You don't know. They have no idea. They have no idea whatsoever. This is again that we do this from the left and we do this from the right, where adults force their adult nonsense onto children. If a kid doesn't recognize something, don't bring it up. Don't tell them why mommy's offended when you didn't even notice. Just keep on marching. And uh, quite frankly, I would imagine there's probably a lot less kids who sign up for Cub Scouts these days than back in my day. And uh, maybe a few more Hooters girls would uh, help out on that. You can get dad interested. Uh, yeah. you, know, you need the parents to get involved. Let's go to so, camp, son. Man, I'll tell you something. I, I was in Boy Scouts a little bit, and I love what they do. But with my kids, I'm such a I'm such a bad parent. I like steer them away from... Two things I steered them away from. They're now 18 and 31, so they're all right. Two things I steered them away from. Baseball and Boy Scouts.
because both take such a crazy amount of parental involvement. Like I don't mind you yeah. being in the Boy you have Scouts. You to have a catch with your son in the, yeah. in the backyard. And then, well, there's the whole th- no, not not the catch. No, baseball is they play as many games as professional players. Really? Oh, I mean, God. they don't. But there's like 35, 40 games and uh, four hundred you know, games a I've, season. I've got a life. I'm sorry. And so, if your parents, if you're the parents that aren't there, you are shunned. Yeah, I push them into the sciences. That way, like once every three months, you got to go watch them. You know, I don't know. They got a rocket. They're gonna blast into outer space or something. All right, when we return, a little more outrage. From the outrageous English Nick. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back to the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. I'm Eric Von Hessler, surrounded by my doctrinaires. We're watching the feed from the Peachtree Road Races down in these uh, three guys. And as Tim Andrews said, we don't know who's going to win, the drill, the bucket, or the hammer. But <laughs> That's always fixed, though. Isn't it? Always this might fixed. be as well. I don't know. Now, the other day, somebody came, like a, like a, something else came out, like a garden hose came out of the side and knocked over the drill. Oh, hey, they just passed That's our building. Evil. Okay. The, so so now they're coming on the last stretch of Peachtree Street here. That's uh, that's at the corner of 14th and uh, Peachtree. We're looking at the feed as we speak here. So uh, very, very soon we could have English Nick out on the street talking to folks in the Peachtree Road Race, wondering why they're doing what they're doing. But for now, let's finish up some Outrage Corner. All right, this is one of my funniest outrages ever. Man punches another for refusing ramen noodles. This happened in uh, Moton, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pennsylvania is kind of becoming the Florida of the Northeast, isn't it? The, the, so. now, this is even, the Breck Knock Township Police say 23-year-old Brian Douglas Hunter had cooked the noodles about 11.30 p.m. Thursday and became angry when his 20-year-old friend refused used to eat them. Well, you can understand that. I mean, the time you put in <laughs> yeah. to cooking ramen yeah. noodles. I mean, you've got... A minute and a yeah. half. He, you, you know, you got to sit there and yeah. boil that he, he, punched, he punched the guy 10 to 15 times in the eye. Uh, he had some swelling and a one-inch cut. So there you go. You got a one this had nothing to do with him cheating with his girlfriend or, or maybe, alcohol. Or. Yeah, it wasn't the alcohol. It was the ramen noodles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was the steam, the steam from the pot. <laughs> They'll do anything they can to get you to click on a story. Eat like, the noodles, the, dude! The ramen noodles probably had almost nothing to do with <laughs> no. why this guy got beat up. I can't imagine it. It's, it without, at the very most, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like <laughs> It wasn't like these two were getting along famously. Hey, you want some ramen noodles? Yeah, I'm just not in the mood. Bow, bow, bow! It's that this is this headline that will get you to click, right? Ramen noodles. I'm going to click on any headline that has ramen noodles in it. I wonder if the two dudes discussed it before the cops got there. What were we going to say? Why, why was I mad at you? Yeah. Right. Ramen noodles. Well, they do have, they yeah. do have the precise time on here. 11.30 p.m. is when he started cooking them. Yeah, go back yeah, to 11.20. Flush the drugs. Flush the drugs. Yeah, flush the drugs. <laughs> and come up with some story about ramen put noodles. noodles on, put noodles on the stove. <laughs> Quick. And I say to them, a job well done. All right, we have something we call more headlines when we get back. News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB, Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. Happy Independence Day. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. Surrounded, of course, by my doctrinaires. That's Tim. That's Jared. That's English Nick. Autumn Fisher is over there. And, uh, Jared, before we get to more headlines, 
So give me a, f- a few facts about this Peachtree Road Race, which I just do not understand the concept of people waking up early and deciding to run when there's no one with a knife. Like, that's to me the idea of running is, there's a guy with a knife behind me, <laughs> and he's got, he's got a bad idea, so I got to run. Mm-hmm. I guess running for me is always followed with the word away. Running away from something, and I don't really understand the concept of deciding as a hobby for fun. To to run, so yes, English. You ever run to the bathroom? I have run to the bathroom. Yeah, but I don't think I've run. I don't sprint to the bathroom. It's not a sprint. I have very uh, very good bladder control. Jog to the bathroom? No, no. Every once in a while, maybe a (laughs) maybe a quick step. A little quick step. That's a maybe I've uh, walk jogged. Hey, the way the men just finished that race, they were sprinting. Man, that was that was an amazing finish. Well, yeah, they they kind of walked. They don't. They run together. And then they get to the last what? As soon as they turn People on 10th Street, it's like they just turned the jets on there. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's, a deep, that's a steep hill, too. And we don't know who won yet. No, we don't have the results. We, I tell you what, George McFadden won the uh, wheelchair race. No, oh, there you go. We have the first. And 24 minutes and 16 seconds. He's from Ottawa, wow, Ontario. 24 minutes? That's I am amazing. going to have to accept your word on that. It's that right here. Tell me the truth. AJC.com. You didn't exactly accidentally pull up last year's race or something. <laughs> <on> those- <laughs> it's today. So is it George? You say George? Uh- George McFadden. Well, congratulations, George McFadden. This year's, if English Nick is correct in his uh, info. Oh, I'm getting the thumbs up from Jared. Oh, then must Mr. be right. Look, he's right there. He's on AJC. I, I could see the date right Mr. here. It's I'm li- almost always wrong. Even I, I did 7.59 this morning. He's right he in my ear. Speak, Jared, all right, all right, all right. Everybody's talking at once. That means it's time for this. More headlines. All right, Jared. All right, so Donald Trump is Marvel's latest comic book supervillain, Eric. So, uh, what comic book, and what is the what does he do? What so is he? The character's. I'm name- going for facts here because I know that Jerry's been drinking all weekend long. So, <laughs> so make him drill down to these stories, <laughs> and not just feed me a headline and then fall back asleep. So the character's name is Modak, which is which is an acronym for Mental Organism Designed as American King, uh-huh. um, and it's uh, I guess it's a knockoff of one of the other characters in the Captain America series. Modak. Modoc, thank you. I, I, when it comes to comic books, we do have a, a, a we have Tim Andrews here, who is uh, an overgrown child and still reads these things. <laughs> so I'm going to dig a little deeper here than my producer Jared Yamamoto did. It's uh, something called Spider Gwen. What is Spider Gwen? Are you familiar with what Spider Gwen is? Gosh, you know that's I'm stumped, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a way to get people to actually go out and buy the Spider Gwen. Comic books. Well, if I had to use my brain, I would say Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man's long-lost love, Gwen Stacy, who dies at the hands of the oh. Green Goblin. Oh, well, there you go. There it you sounds go. like you do know what it is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just guessing. He was able to put oh, it okay. together through his vast knowledge of the Marvel Universe. Look, Spider- I'm not afraid of Spider-Man. I have all the people that I need. Anytime Spider-Man <laughs> comes to the Trump Tower... I, look, I have anti-webbing all over the place. I'm not afraid of Peter Parker. And look, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, okay? Oh, oh you're letting it out of the bag. You know, it's just, it's, uh, I, I'm, I've as I said a million times, I'm personally not voting for Trump, but I can still see that just the overkill here. I mean, the, the press coverage is horrific to begin with, but everybody has to jump in. You know, it's like, hey, I, hey as, as a responsible... 
comic book writer, I want to make sure that I get on the record on this, that I wasn't in favor of Donald Trump. I want to be able to tell my children that as a responsible comic book writer, that I was on the right side of history, because they do this all the time with different uh, types of uh, political leaders. But whenever it's like they have like, uh, I think they have one with Hillary Clinton. Same same bunch it was called Hillary Clinton, The Road to the White House. And it's a wonderful, flowery thing. So she's like, uh, she's a superhero. And there's one on uh, Bernie Sanders, which tells the story of the longest serving independent member of Congress. But whenever it's a Republican, they inevitably end up being the supervillains. They've also got him fighting what looks like a female version of Captain America in this, uh, in this picture yeah, so here. And I'm just actually, like, he's fighting a woman. As a responsible comic book writer, I should like to be able to tell people that this man is actually against America. What I'm trying to do is to get this female Captain America over the wall. <laughs> she's got to go back, folks. She's got to go back. You think she's Mexican? I think she, she sounds Mexican to me. I don't know. Our people are looking into it, but she's got to go back. I just, For me, I don't know how I'm getting it across, but I get into the mind of the writers and the illustrators. They have a meeting. We've got to let people know that here at Marvel, we're on the right side of yeah. history. So let's let people know that Donald Trump, if he was in our universe, he would be not only a villain. Hey, you know what? Maybe they vote on these things and somebody says, I think he should be a villain. And it almost gets through until somebody stands up and says, you know what? I'm going to pull the uh, lever here. This dude's a super villain. Okay. Okay. Let's go with it. Excuse me. One other thing. I heard that Caitlyn Jenner was joining the X-Men. <laughs> 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 what's her what's her power there, Donald? Uh, the power to make everything okay. Transitional. I believe she's a transitional, transitional power. Transitional character. She can, power. she can transition into anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, uh give me another story before we get in trouble. Sure. It's July fourth. According to USA Today. This is what I need. I need a controversy where I say something that gets me thrown off the air on the day we celebrate the First Amendment. That's what I need. Go ahead. Give me another story. All right. So according to USA Today, Eric, this week of terror underscores a desperate Islamic state. Nearly yeah. 250 people have died this week, Eric. No, it was a bad. Term. It was a bad week. It was a bad week uh, in terms of fighting terror. And they had a lot of, you know, what they hit... Uh, they hit uh, Turkey, yeah, Baghdad, they hit Bangladesh, and, and then a huge thing in in, uh, in in Baghdad. And but I find it interesting about this is the USA's idea, USA Today, and, and a lot of media going along with this narrative of how, like John Kerry was saying it, how does Obama calls them ISIL? ISIL, it's on the run. Everybody else calls them ISIS. John Kerry, the Secretary of State, calls them Daesh. What? So they're, the Daesh are on the run. So uh, he calls them Daesh. And this is the John Kerry narrative that uh, what we see in Bangladesh, what we see in Turkey is a desperate movement that is losing so much steam on the battlefield that, of course, they're lashing out and doing these things. Now, here's now it is true that we have pushed them back in Iraq and we're, we're regaining some territory that... That, that we lost to them a couple of years ago. That is true. But it seems to me that they've been doing this kind of stuff all the time. This, uh, in order to believe this idea that these attacks that we're seeing are the last gasp, desperation, desperation of ISIS, in order that, for that to be true, attacks like this should be new. 
but they're not new, and they've been part of the ISIS playbook from the very beginning, and we have to remember that this is, uh, much of this warfare is asymmetric, and so you have to, beating them on the battlefield alone is not enough. You have to beat them on the battlefield, you have to, uh, with your intelligence services, you got to beat back the Snowdens of the world, find out what's going on, and get involved before things like Bangladesh, <coughs> excuse me, and Turkey happen. You, uh, you also have to beat them in the, on the social media front. And it seems to me that uh, when they're attacking from so many different places, you can't exactly say just because we're beating them in one place that they're now desperate. Uh, I would hope that this is true, and I know that it is true that we have taken back some, some territory in Iraq, certainly some, some major cities that they, that they had. Fallujah, especially. Fallujah, but, but I don't see this as anything new or different from ISIS. They, this has been part of their playbook since the very beginning, didn't matter how much territory they had. So, I, it's a little bit weird here that the media is just picking up on John Kerry, Dish. who looks like a tree. He looks like a. Are you saying I look like an ant from Lord of the Rings? Well, you're right. And also, let's get on the same page here. Uh, the president always with ISIL. Doesn't matter how many people call it ISIS, he has to call it ISIL. I'm which smarter is, than you. Which is the Levant, right? He. Obama does this all the time. <laughs> I'm giving the proper names that the whatever, because the L stands for Levant, and that's what they really see themselves as. But everyone else calls him ISIS. Except for old Woodface John Kerry, he calls him Dash. Dash. <laughs> Dash. God, how hard is this that the administration can get on the same page? Forget the fact that conservatives are yelling that they won't identify it as radical Islam. They can't even figure out what to call the official organization. <laughs> what does that tell you on this July 4th about how far we are in beating them back? All right, more headlines when we get back. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. One of my doctrinaires there is tapping this sheet of paper. <laughs> results, Eric. Real results. results. Real results. Ooh. I have to say we have to... Start with some apologies here, because this is WSB, and I take this as the information people. I take that very seriously. And when you, Jared and English Nick, were giving me winners of the Peachtree Road Race just about 20 minutes ago, I was not buying it. And I was told, no, we're reading it right here from the AJC. Your instinct was correct. My instinct that your instincts are bad was correct. <laughs> and so you were reading a headline. So what you reported, English Nick, got to put this one on you. Yeah. 240 years after we, we whooped them good, we got an English, we got a spy in the house of love, English Nick right here, who gave us bad information and told me that the, that George McFadden <laughs> was the winner of the wheelchair race. <laughs> and it turned out that he doesn't know much about commas because the headline said, George, comma, comma, McFadden. Win AJC Peachtree Road Race wheelchair races. It's a weird headline. Come on. Don't don't blame it on the headline. Blame it on the reader. All right. So what's the true facts that we know so far? Here we go. Josh George. Josh George. He was the wheelchair guy. 20 minutes and 19 seconds. Okay. Tatiana McFadden, who I I gather from Jared's facts, won it last year, too. She came in at 24 minutes and 16 seconds in the women's class. I am afraid to ask. The women's class of the wheelchair class? 
You don't know, do you? <laughs> no. You don't know. Are those even broken into male, female? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. She, she, okay. she won the... the I'm not uh, trusting any information that I get from you people, but... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, give me a little more information, Jared. It seems to me that you're champing at the bit there so, to uh, give me more bad information. <laughs> so make, this is straight from the AJC right here. Make, oh, that's uh, what I was told 20 minutes listen, ago. Listen, listen, I'm not reading the headline here. I'm, I'm actually going into the article oh, here. This so. scares me even more. All, all the <laughs> alcohol coursing through this kid's veins. There is a lot of alcohol in there. So McFadden repeated as the women's <laughs> wheelchair division of the AJC Petrie Road Race okay. champ. Okay, Tatiana McFadden. Boom. So Josh Gordon... Tatiana McFadden. Wheelchairs. These are the winners, male, female. In the, I think that we have given you some decent information there. <laughs> if, if we haven't, I'll be here to apologize until 10 a.m. Do we have time for uh, one more uh, quick uh, headline? Yeah, real, real quick here. It looks like we've got uh, <laughs> 10 new cases of the Zika virus have been discovered in Florida. You know, here's the thing about the Zika virus. We've had so many things that were supposed... Like, we, what was it uh, we were all going to die of last year? Uh, what, Ebola, not, uh, Ebola. Uh, you know, West Nile's been around for a while. I was reading the blue. problem with these uh, articles is they don't break out. I don't know yet that there's been one mosquito that's bit somebody in the United States that gave them Zika. Haven't they all come from South America? They were vacationing or something along those lines, and then they they're now they're here, or it can be transmitted through sex. So if you have sex with somebody who has recently come from that area, so uh, I say run for the hills. I say, <laughs> get out your machine guns and blow away any damn mosquito you see. You can't trust them, these mosquitoes. All right, we're going to do a little something called WTF when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back to the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are here with me. Tim Andrews, Jared Yamamoto, Autumn Fisher. English Nick has actually hit the streets. He's actually out there on Peachtree, although he's not exactly, he's not set up yet so we can talk to him. But hopefully we'll be able to get some of the flavor, you know, the flavor of the Peachtree Road Race. Some of the sights, sounds. Not so much with the smells. Mm. The sights and the sounds, I'm all for. Not so much smells. That's his, that's his directive as he's gone out there. And, uh, you know, what? So this is the 47th running. That's right. Which makes the, the first one in what year? 1970. 1970. And do you know, Jared, uh, how many people ran the first Peachtree Road race? 110 runners ran from the old Sears building at the center of Peachtree Road and Roswell Road to the Central City Park, which is like now Woodruff Park. Okay. And uh, do we know how many are running? This year, there's a cap now. I think the cap is sixty thousand. Woo! Which that's a lot. It's in twenty-one waves. So that's... imagine being in wave twenty-one right now because you're sitting there. It's already seventy-seven <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. I could not imagine it. So, uh, well, that's why we're in here. We're 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 uh, we're not men. We're not that kind of men. We are in air-conditioned WSB comfort. While yeah, we're comfy men. Exactly. As Autumn, always one of the most comfy men I've ever met in my life. <laughs> that's right. Speaking of Autumn, it's time for this. What? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. That's correct. And I should tell people, if they're not aware, because we're taking the place of Atlanta Morning News this morning, we do this show, The Von Hessler Doctrine, every Sunday at noon. From noon to three, uh, there are folks who have referred to it as the greatest radio show in the history of radio. I'm a humble man. 
man. I'm a humble man. That's not me saying that. I'm just saying other people have said that. So you might wanna you might wanna check it out. Also, download that WSB Radio app. You've already got the phone. Download the WSB Radio app, and you'll not only get this show every week, the fill-in shows, but we also have uh, three podcasts that we do that are only available on the WSB Radio app. And uh, Jared wants me to let you know there's also the uh, open mic feature. So get the WSB Radio app. All right, Autumn Fisher, give me some WTF. Okay, uh, so some officials are now saying that the blast that injured a man in New York Central Park was likely made by an explosive hobbyist who was making experimental fireworks. Okay, this is my uh, favorite phrase of the day, my new phrase. (laughs) Explosive hobbyist. (laughs) What in the world does that mean? (laughs) Apparently, it is not out of the ordinary for people to, I guess, go online, uh, get some instructions. They, they're into electronic things or whatever, and they like to make some uh, fireworks for Fourth of July. But these guy, this guy lost his foot, basically, right? They're, yeah, I think it's below the knee. They were, uh, he had to have his leg amputated. They were jumping off one of those large rocks that's in Central Park, and right. the guy just happened to jump down there. But I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I've never heard the phrase explosive hobbyist before. So obviously, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, and they do. But it seems a little quick for them to say, though, there's nothing going on here. Okay, there's no terrorism, but is it a trial run? They're saying no, because they felt like it was placed uh, where a person wasn't likely to step on it. Um, right. I'm just not so sure that I'm buying this whole idea that Whoever did this didn't have some sort of evil intent. I mean, what is the... Are they saying he thought he gathered them all back and left one there by accident? I mean, why it did doesn't, this- Yeah, it doesn't really say that, but they do say that it... it forensically, when they looked at it, it wasn't supposed to go off when you stepped on it. Okay. It but I, accident. I still think that... Uh, <laughs> Whoever this group of people is in this country that we can refer to as explosive hobbyist, Von Hessler Doctrine, in the age of terror, you might want to get out of that hobby. There's plenty of hobbies. I mean, they're still building ships in, inside of bottles. That's that's a hobby. Yeah. And that's a tough Pick one. Pick up that you know? hobby. Give up the explosives. You know, Go more into ships and bottles. Make and- your own ice cream. I don't know what, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think in the age of terror, being an explosive hobbyist... It's a good idea. You're putting yourself too close to the line. And the sad part about this too is it was an 18 year old kid that like, lost his foot. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I mean that's a, he's got a lot of time left to lose your foot. I couldn't imagine it. I don't want to lose my foot to a hobbyist. No, right? That seems right. like wow. I I just had the worst luck in the history of the world. That a person of rocks, a person who wasn't trying to blow my foot off, did. Uh, I just want to know where explosive hobbyist ends. And bomb maker begins because my guess is if you could find a bomb maker who say is in their late thirties, if you go back to their teens, they were once an explosive hobbyist. <laughs> I'm guessing. What? I feel like Mark wants to say something. He's hunched, okay. He's hunched over his microphone there. So yeah, I just don't get the idea of explosive hobbyist. I guess we have to trust the New York police, but I'm still. I got a little bit of a. Huh. Kind of like the clock boy a little bit, you know. Trial run? No, I don't know. I'm not look. I'm looking at it as as more like is. Uh, I want to know who this guy is. Why is he building fireworks that he's leaving in Central Park? And uh, that just doesn't seem like a hobby to me. To me, a hobby is collecting bottle caps, baseball cards, baseball cards. Um, 
stamps. Dude, going, we're gonna we're gonna go to every major league baseball stadium in the next five years. That's a <laughs> hobby to me. When you put the word explosive in front of hobbyist. I think it negates both. I just don't think that there's an explosive. That's just too happy. I'm an explosive hobbyist. We should look online. Do they have uh, web- official websites? 4chan. For- Check out 4chan. <laughs> no, no, it's out there somewhere. We can't do it here. We can't do 4chan here. All right. Well, don't check it out now. Let's uh, give me a, a, another WTF there. A 60-year-old British woman wants to use her dead daughter's eggs to give birth to her own grandchild. Well, it's nice to know that all the crazy people aren't living in the United States of America. <laughs> she wants a daughter's daughter. So her daughter died of, uh, uh, tragically, right? Cancer, 2011. Yes, yeah, so some cancer. She, her last dying wish was, uh, she asked her mother to carry my babies. Yeah, look, I, I appreciate that. I've had friends who have died, uh, loved ones who have died, and when they're, when they're on their deathbed, uh, the proper response to any dying wish is yes. There's right. really no reason to say no when people are on the way out, uh, but that doesn't mean that you're actually going to go through with every single thing. That you told them in there, by the way, if it's a hospice situation, delirium, drug delirium, the request that they're making. And so I I guess what I'm saying here, the Von Hester Doctrine, is I think it's okay to lie to people who are dying to make them feel better. Say, hey, sure. you, hey, will you make sure this happens? Yes, absolutely. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're going to take care of that. But you don't have to follow through with everything. And this sounds to me like uh, just somebody who likes being in the spotlight. Right, I mean, you're sixty. Their, their relationship to me seems a little enmeshed. You know that the, she she's requiring for her mother to have her own babies. Yes, I don't know about that relationship. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's something that you actually have to follow through on. And right. plus, the idea of having babies in your sixties is yeah. ridiculous to begin with. Right. I mean, you're the kid's seventeen. You're almost eighty years old. What, what are you doing this? It, it, uh, you're not throwing ball in the backyard, that's for sure. Uh, you're going to be like absentee parents. I mean, if the kid's going to be able to throw parties, do anything that they want, right underneath your nose, because... Because uh, you you're lo- asleep at 7 p.m. And lost your hearing before they entered their <laughs> right. teen years, you know? So, I mean, it just doesn't seem to be like a good idea that uh, just having to... Look, if it happens, we didn't think it was going to happen, somehow it happened. She's 61, she got pregnant. Then... Fine. But to engineer it, to figure out a way to get pregnant at the age of 60, the Von Hessler Doctrine is, that is wrong. And also, remember this, the Von Hessler Doctrine, it's okay to lie to the dying. (laughs) I just went through Yeah, they won't know it if you don't don't go through with it. Well, maybe when you die, you'll go where they are and they'll yell at you for a little while. But I don't think they'll hold it against you all that much. They'll recognize that you were trying to make them feel good. On the way out. Who is going to be a jerk and tell a person on their deathbed no to anything? They'll say, okay, we'll do this, we'll do that. Absolutely. Whatever you want, honey. And then you just go on with life afterward. So it's Tell a, Deborah I never liked her potato salad. We're going to tell her. We're going to tell her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then once you die, why would I go to Deborah, who's yeah. still amongst the living, and tell her about her potato salad? So, all right, give me, give me the, that was kind of a downer. That was kind of a Von Hessler doctrine downer here on your holiday weekend. Von Hessler says it's okay to lie to the dying. Give me another. Hey, we're just honest. Just honest, entertaining honesty. That's what you get here. That's what I heard in the promo, entertaining honesty. So give me another entertainingly honest WTF story. Uh, so at the Kenny Chesney concert on Saturday, 57 emergency medical transports were requested by 9 p.m. And 25 people were taken to the hospital for intoxication or intoxication-related injuries. So it's just turned into a brawl. 
It's crazy. And there's a bunch of um, pictures with the hashtag Pigsburg because it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, just the amount of trash that they left behind while they were tailgating. Well, trash is... 30 tons of trash. How? Did, why were people hospitalized, though? What was going on? Just fights and... I guess they're oh. fighting. It doesn't really say. It a lot just of says, underage... 36 citations for underage drinking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Apparently, back in 2013, this happened before. 73 people were arrested. It sounds like a fun concert, honestly. I'm the new Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not all that familiar. Like, I don't know. I I hate new country music. I love... He's not that new? No. no. Where does no. he fall, though? I mean, I'm not... Late 90s. New. Okay, yeah, to me, late that's 90s new. perfect. Yeah. To me, anything after George Jones is new, you know? Okay. So, I, I mean, I love... I love the old Nashville. I cannot stand the new Nashville. I feel like the new Nashville should be, if, you, if there was one person, find the mayor of Nashville, and he should be put up on trial for music war crimes. What Nashville, what current Nashville has done to old, classic, legendary Nashville is nothing less, in my mind, than a music war crime. And the reason that I want this to happen is because it is my personal dream that those two jerks from Florida Georgia Line actually do jail time for the damage that they have done to show business. Because let me say this, I don't know where Kenny Chesney falls in this whole thing because I don't follow I'm it. I'm a party boy, that's okay, all. Okay, I don't know where you fall into it, but Florida Georgia Line is not only the worst country act of all time, they are the worst act in the history of show business. Wow. It's time to have the doctor the musical war crime Hague that's what I'm calling <laughs> for here on the Von Hessler Doctrine more WTF when we get back the Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB welcome back to this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine Happy Independence Day. We're in the middle of WTF, but before, when we left, I was ranting and raving about how much I hate Nashville these days, compared to what I loved from old country, and I was saying that I believe that there should be a war crimes trial set up, and I want to put Florida Georgia Line up there first. <laughs> I find them to be so offensive, the fact that they are called country music, that I want them to do jail time. And Jared, you... We're asking me. Yeah, there's like there's some crossroads. Like I think Kenny Chesney was in the '90s, and Toby Keith is in the night is kind of a late '90s uh, country singer too. Yeah, and where, where, where does he Keith? fall? Where does he fall? Uh, I don't dig it. Can I tell you this? I'm sorry. I don't. You know what? It's all this like it's the Jimmy Buffett is a of country music. Chain smokers and booze. That's yeah, a good song. That's a, a good song. Right, I'll give you that this is decent. Everybody goes to the bar and you've got those. But this is what I don't like about country music right now. It's this whole thing about like, we go to the thing and the beach and I got a little beer and I got it. It's like, I don't like they, the They always I, end up like in a field having yeah, a party. And she's wearing jeans in my truck and my clothes. Jeans painted on tight. It's just like, to me... <laughs> 
I don't want to hear people vomit my lifestyle back to me through lyrics. This is what I don't understand. Like, people are at these shows, and I'm on the beer, I got a beer on the beach, and I'm doing my thing, and it's like people in the crowd going, that's what I do! He's, he's singing back at me, well, do! And she I dropped just, the kids at the school oh. while we all went to the pool, and we had lots of beers. And blah, blah, blah. It's got that, like, suburban <laughs> yeah. feel now, you know? We were yeah, at the Eric, party what your country song be about you would be like sitting in my house yeah eating uh, peanuts doing drinking nothing. my ipa yeah that's a, you know that was almost a hit for me i almost got to run up the charts but uh <laughs> yeah just to me i know a lot of people love it i mean it's country music i think is more popular now than it's ever been so as far as cash and checks nashville's doing it right but that kind of music does not speak to me at all it's, i do not I, I don't understand with people why do you want to hear what you do in your life why do you want to hear your lifestyle vomited back at you through lyrics because you can relate with them. Mm-hmm. I don't it lo- because it's it's judged as something negative, but when someone sings it back to you and, and it feels like a party atmosphere, it's like, yeah, we're all the same. We're all like this. I'll tell you something. I did not identify with George Jones, but boy, did I love hearing him sing about that personal hell that was his life was something to me gripping. You know? Johnny Cash, Tammy Wynette, Loretta Lynn. Dolly. This is country music. Con- Conway Twitty. Conway Twitty. Louisiana woman, Mississippi man. We get together every time we can. Mississippi River can't keep us apart. There's too much love in this Mississippi heart. Too much love in this Louisiana heart. Whoa. All right, we've got even more headlines, if you can believe it, when we return. News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, hour three of this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. Happy Independence Day. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. My doctrinaires are here. Tim's here. Jared's here. Autumn's here. English Nick is out there on the streets. Is English Nick on the street? Yes. Well, This is me, sir. Yes. <laughs> I, I first of all want to say Happy Independence Day to you, English Nick. 240 years ago Thank today, you Same to you. we sent a letter to your king. So, uh, how's the feel out there? Obviously festive. Is it 190 degrees? What's happening on Peachtree? No, it's it's a very cool 79. There's a nice breeze coming south on Peachtree. Not Peachtree in spring, Reformation or Reformation Brewery handing out IPA samples to the uh, the runners. Ooh. They seem to be Ooh, enjoying that. There, also, also some water, some watermelon, some pineapple to, to you know for sustenance. So, oh, yeah. that's and just... there's a Buddy Mary bar set up here too. Yes. Now you see, if I might run the Peachtree Run ra- Road Race, if people were holding Bloody Marys along the way yeah. or IPAs, suddenly I'm now getting interested in actually going out there and running. I'm going to trust Jared Yamamoto here to give me some facts about winners of the race so far. The men's winner for the professionals, we have Tanzania's Gabriel Gay. Uh, he didn't PR on the course, but he got 28 minutes and 47 seconds, and that's pretty fast. The women's winner is uh, Kenya's Edna, I think it's Kiplak, and I apologize, Edna, out there if I butchered your last name, but I think that's how you say it. I'm sure she's thinking of suing right now. 32 minutes and 23 seconds was her time. That's pretty good. All right, English Nick, we will get back to you in just a moment. For now, Jared Yamamoto, it is time for this. Even more headlines. Yeah, even more headlines. Even more. I feel foolish because I said there weren't 60,000 and you turned out to be right. Do you know how silly I feel when you're right and I'm wrong? Hey, got on a roll two and one against wrong. each other today, Eric. Two and one. It's early, too. We've been here since 5.30 in the morning. It's an early day. Well, it's not exactly digging ditches. So go ahead. Give me some more headlines. <laughs> there you go. So if you're out there running the Peachtree Road Race, Atlanta smog alerts have doubled since 2015 
but it's probably because of the new EPA guidelines for these increased warnings. Yeah, so we're getting a lot more warnings. This is the way government works. People wonder why there's a, uh, just people don't trust government. In a situation now, we're in Atlanta, objectively speaking, we have less smog than we used to, right? Right. But we get double the amount of alerts because somewhere along the line, the government changed the way that they measured this stuff. And so even though we're doing a better job than in the past, the government is basically telling us that we're doing a worse job because they moved the goalpost. Right? Yeah, pretty much. This is why you can't trust... Like, I hear a story, there's a story out there, uh, elevated lead levels found at half of Atlanta schools. It's because of this that we don't know how to respond to that. Like, are our children in our Atlanta schools, half of them, being poisoned? Or is the idea of lead levels just ridiculously low, and so it's easy to hit them? And when you see a story like this with the smog, it just makes you wonder, like, who's measuring... I want to know, when you give me a measurement like this, I want to know what's going to take my life. Then I can tell my politicians, back it off a notch. <laughs> you know? let's, let's stay away from the line that says, this is going to take my life. Yeah, you have to ask what the objective of the EPA is, because if the idea is to gradually bring smog levels down, then I guess the scale does need to be changed. But if you're not informing the public about it, then, yeah. then we have no idea. We're just like, oh my God, the air quality is terrible. That's all we think. But the reality is Atlanta is better now than it used to be with smog. Absolutely. But we get twice the number of alerts now because... The scale the, is different. The scale is different. So if you... We're just not really dig, doing a deep dive, and you're just remembering over the years. You're thinking, wow, this is getting worse. Exactly. But it's not getting worse. So get out there and run and breathe in all that terrific Atlanta smog. By the way, some of the best smog in the world. Uh, I felt like Tim wanted to say something, but I guess not. Oh, I'm just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. You're just nodding your head. Not verbally there. agreeing. Right, very you. nice. So, uh, all right. Give me another uh, headline. So the BFG, or the Big Friendly Giant, flopped at the box office. It only brought in $19.6 million, Eric. Ooh, and how, how, what, did it, what did it cost to make this thing? Uh, $140 million or something? Uh, yeah, it was a $140 million budget, so what a bust. Yeah, blame Finding Dory. Uh, well, look, it, that doesn't blame it for, uh, I mean... Spielberg lately has not been... Spielberg directed this, right? Yeah. And in the last few years, this guy's picking dogs. I saw that BFG. <laughs> I mean, you can't get away from it. You cannot get away from the commercials for this thing. And I don't find anything about it that I would want to go see. It looks... It looked boring. It looks boring. And all of the CGI, I just got to tell you, enough already. Enough. I saw a commercial the other day. They're remaking Ben-Hur. Because that's oh, what everyone is clamoring for. It's coming out in a couple of months. It's about, it's about brand recognition so that they can make as much money as possible. Well, I don't have any problem with making money. I'm a capitalist. I happen to believe that really good new movies that are, are, would make money as well, I don't mind that. But has anybody watched the original Ben-Hur and thought, if we could just add a lot of CGI to the story, it's going to get a whole lot better? Because that's what it's going to be. That whole movie is grand and cinematic scope with yeah. actual animals and no CGI and paying thousands and thousands of extras to be yeah. in the crowd. What's happened is the movie technology has gotten to the point that they can tell stories that are so unbelievable that no one can buy into them. <laughs> so they become completely ridiculous. I mean, this that BFG thing, I've, saw, I've seen all kinds of commercials. Not one of them made me want to go. And the book was okay. I mean, it was a, a good children's book, but it wasn't yeah, great. Same guy, same guy who wrote uh, Charlie and the 
uh, the, the chocolate factory, right? Right, and also wrote uh, James and the Giant Peach, too. Sure. And But, I mean, all those stories, I mean, they're they're good child stories, but, I mean, it's not, again, it's not at the level of, like, I, I hate to say it, but Finding Dory is getting, like, 94% ratings on, 90, on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot. Did, uh, I mean... Didn't he do Rin Tin Tin or something, Spielberg? He's done oh so. Gosh, oh, I, I mean, he has just been he has been bombing like crazy lately. I, he's got uh, people can't get movies made in Hollywood because their name isn't Spielberg. Yeah, and this guy can get anything made. And I guess he's decided that the end of his career is just going to be one flop after another. He's not the only one in a slump. Ron Howard can't seem to figure out how to make a movie that people want to see anymore. There's a Beatles documentary coming out this September, though. Ooh. Well, documentaries only do so good. Mm. These big feature films. I mean, it's just uh, too much CGI. I don't know. Maybe that's just my. No, you're right. To it. No, no CGI. It, your brain knows you may not notice it but your brain knows that these people aren't real and yeah. so the stakes aren't as high yeah it's like uh, they do that thing where they have like four soldiers in a movie <laughs> and then they just like replicate it so there's like thousands <laughs> of soldiers and your brain says eh, that's not really thousands of soldiers but yeah. if, you, if you watch a big movie from the 60s if there's a thousand soldiers and a thousand horses there's a thousand soldiers and a thousand horses and that's why you go that guy's a great director because he had a thousand horses and a thousand soldiers and he pulled it off and somehow told the story uh, it just doesn't surprise me but spielberg come on remember war horse oh yeah who went and saw that no one didn't it get it got some good reviews though who's but who's gonna it- go see a movie <laughs> about a horse Try to defend the guy unless, over here. Unless it's a unless it's a horse that won the the triple crown. He's still Maybe. not as bad as Michael Bay, though. Michael Bay is oh my gosh! Don't get me started on him. Yeah, he's entertaining. You're, at not least. A, you're not a big fan of the Transformers. Don't get me started. No, or or the did he do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles remake too? Yes. Oh, yeah, I mean they're just so bad. It's just explosions everywhere. No story, no character development. Don't get me started. First on of him. all, first of all, you're 27 years old. What are you doing at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Listen, it's not I, even I, your generation. I, nostalgia. We need a, we need a I'm just trying to relate with Autumn, that's it. All right. What? A few more headlines <laughs> when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome to the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. So most of the fast people are getting pretty much through the Peachtree Road race now. The pros are done, and now it's just left for the regular normal folk to straggle on in until... English Nick is out there on Peachtree. English Nick. Yeah, Eric, I have a lady called Elizabeth who was in Group B. Elizabeth, how long did it take you to run the Peachtree Road Race? 48 minutes and 45 seconds. That's wow! Bravo! Right. I asked her, uh, did, she, did she run the whole time, or did she do a little bit of jogging, a little bit of walking, or that was a full, full run the whole time? I think we lost in there. Oh, well, Except there the is. water stops. Ran, walked the water stops. Ran the rest of the way. Okay, she walked. And, and your husband is behind her, Your husband's behind you somewhere. Yes, way behind. He's in group U. Which means he's a walker? He's a walker. <laughs> there you go, Eric. That's what happens. See the slower people at the back. I like it. Thank you, English Nick. Reporting from the Peachtree Road Race with a real live runner of that race. Where else are you going to get such riveting radio? It's 
not going to happen anywhere else but here. Give me another headline there. All right, so the FDA is warning against eating raw cookie dough. There's a, a rare strain of uh, of flour that's uh, could be infected with E. coli, or it could have E. coli inside it. So don't eat raw cookie dough. Pshaw. This is something that yeah. you would never have to tell Too me. Too bad. <laughs> you, don't eat raw, you don't eat raw cookie dough? No, here? I don't eat raw cookie oh, dough. So that's, good. You, that's before it becomes cookies, right? Well, Sometimes t- I'm making cookies. And I think, why am I co- why am I baking these? I just want to eat the dough. I I was never I never bought into the whole raw cookie dough cookie dough ice cream. No, thank you. I'm not mm. interested in cookie yeah. dough whatsoever. Now it says here also no one should uh, have any batter of any kind, and I can see that that happens. You're making a cake or something. When I was a kid, we get to go and you know lick the spoon or whatever, and so I, I can see why you wanted to put the the warning out there. But uh, I think if you're eating raw cookie dough, you deserve just about everything you get. Come on. <laughs> it's right. It's delicious. <laughs> and listen, if you get E. coli, I mean, maybe you lose a little weight. It's a win-win. You yeah. got to eat the dough. You get fit. I like the <laughs> way right. I like the way that you're looking at that. This is a woman who obviously is worried about her weight. Yeah, what are you going <laughs> to do with wishing? What are you going to do with ice cream, though? I mean, cookie dough ice cream? Yeah, I, you lose a little weight. I guess so. I mean, <laughs> what do you just take it off the shelf when you go there? I mean, that's the nah, best. That's one of the best milkshakes you can get is a cookie get dough milkshake. Fresh Briars vanilla ice cream with the bean flecks in it. Then you take mm. the cookie dough that you made yourself and you mix them up. Oh, that's oh, way Sam, too you're much. You're a work. genius. Way too much work for ice cream, but it pays off. No, that cookie. So you never have to worry about me. I'm not going to be eating cookie dough because that's the thing. Before you actually ends up being a, a real live cookie. So <laughs> real live cookie. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it ridiculous. But we want to get the word out, I guess. Don't let your kids lick the batter spoon because there's E. coli out there. I feel like it's a rite of passage. You have to give the spoon or the beaters. Not if you find out that there's a thing that could kill your kids. Do you understand how this works, Autumn? Uh, Yeah, the smog is going to kill us. Everything's going to be, you know, whatever. Water, you name it. Yeah, the water in their school. Buy good flour. How do you oats? You're saying non-E. coli flour is the way to go. Okay, that's the Von Hessler Doctrine. Buy non-E. coli flour, and then you could do anything that you like. All right, my buddy from, (laughs) my misanthrope buddy from New York City will join us with stories from Studio B1 next. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back to the special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The Doctrinaires are here. Tim is here. Jared is here. English Nick is walking back in off of the Peachtree Road Race. And uh, Autumn Fisher is here. Hey, Nick, very quickly, pull up a... Sorry to bring you in there. I don't know. I just didn't feel like we were having much uh, much luck there. I realized after I sent you out there, there's just going to be exhausted people. Who have been running a long Sweaty time. Sweaty people. Sweaty, exhausted people who aren't yeah. going to have much to say. But I appreciate the fact that you went out there to try to get the story. I love that Lady Liberty was running in the race. That was one of my favorite things. <laughs> Dressed up as the Statue yeah, yeah, of yeah. Liberty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to put on it. People who put on costumes. I mean, even more credit to people who put on costumes. There was even a firefighter with the full gas tank thing on his back, yeah. man. With the I flag in the air. Guys. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Well, good for them because I couldn't run it naked. But that's that's just me. And speaking of naked, it's time for this. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. New York, New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B One. All right, Gregory. Happy Independence Day to you. 
Happy Fourth of July to you. And I'm wearing undergarments. That's it. But I'm not naked. Well, very good. Well, I mean, you're as close. I, I mean, the naked raw truth. Oh, I took it very literally. No, no, no. What I'm, I'm saying is we get the straight scoop from Greg Oh, Russ. yeah. Yeah, so, I tell it like it is. Yeah, that's, you're known, <laughs> for, known for telling it like it is. Yeah. So uh, give me a story or two from Studio B1 this morning. All right, we'll start with this. There's a chat, chatbot lawyer. It's a free service. Do not pay. And it helps people appeal parking tickets. And so far, it's overturned 160,000 parking tickets in London and New York. So there are no human beings behind this? Well, I think of a chatbot. No, it's an AI. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's an AI. So that's, uh, AI is artificial intelligence. So it's started by somebody, a human brain. But then it learns itself. Now, how would a chatbot, if I've got a ticket and I feel like maybe I shouldn't have to pay this ticket, I just go and I start having a dialogue with a chatbot? Yeah, so it starts, uh, it, it runs through the ticket. Um, it's, it, it decides if you can appeal it or not, asking questions such as where there are clearly visible parking signs. And if it finds that you should proceed, it'll guide you through the appeals process. And so out of 250,000 cases, again, 160,000 have been won. So that's interesting. So the chatbot just gets in, in touch with the court. And somehow wins the case because you can't wheel the chatbot in as your lawyer. <laughs> if you decide like to take the case, right? objection. Have you seen that Snowden robot? That's what I'm thinking of. No, <laughs> where Edward wheels. Snowden, they put him on that robot with wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he just kind of glides around conventions. But I get to still, I'm still happy about the fact that that traitor has had to sit in maybe three rooms over in Russia for the last couple of years. So I like that if he can move around as a robot, fine. Uh, it just goes to show, by the way, once again, it's one more example. I hate to keep bringing it back to social issues, but this whole $15 an hour thing that's going on, I keep bringing this up. You may notice that corporations are no longer getting the bad PR of saying they're not for it, because what they understand is that the future is AI. The future is artificial intelligence. The future is not low-wage workers who... uh, call in sick because Beyonce's in town or uh, demand health care the future is going and if you can do this if chatbots what did you say 160,000 parking and speeding type tickets have been turned over well parking but out of but out of 250,000 yeah 160,000 it's also it's also a time thing think of that you know before it's like "Ah, I gotta go figure out if I should fight this I don't really know what I'm doing I don't really want to hire a lawyer for this that's a waste of money so the fact that it's free and it's easier it makes it simple so even even the lawyers are not safe I remember I got a lawyer for a case once uh, this was a few years ago and so I'm talking to him on the phone I'm talking to the lawyer on the phone we were on the phone for about probably 30 minutes we only spent 10 minutes talking about the case the next 20 minutes he started talking about movies and I started talking to him about movies because I'm a big movie fan and then, about a month later, I got a bill, and he had charged me for the entire 30-minute phone call. Uh, that's so, right. Billable hours. That's I, what they're looking for. But he brought up movies. I didn't bring it up. He that's brought it up. His, that's his thing, right? Yeah, He's going to get those hours in no matter what. I learned my lesson, and every phone call after that was 45 seconds or less. <laughs> just, right, just right to the facts and straight out. stopwatch handy. But here's something that even... Look, if you, if you think that you're covered as a fast food worker, you're not. Look, this is lawyer. In the rearview mirror are seeing artificial intelligence and robots coming along. And if they're going after lawyer jobs, then your job as a fast food worker is not far behind. <laughs> so, and also the chatbot is not going to, I think, screw you for billable hours, right? I mean, I don't know how it's it works. Free. It's a free service. The whole thing is free. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is great news and it's bad news because I've been thinking about this a lot lately. 
as we get to more artificial intelligence, more robots doing the work, we're going to come to a time in this country where there are no jobs, not meaning that people want jobs and they can't, meaning that they're just robots are doing everything. And it's going to be a, like, what are we going to do with people? What are we going to do with people? We, I'm a capitalist all the way. In this day and age, probably the, the strongest type of capitalist that there is left. Um, and I don't really believe in people getting social welfare who don't need it. But at some point, if the robots are doing all the work... Yeah, where are the jobs? What do we do with the people? Wait, I, so I don't, you, don't, you don't think we'll keep inventing new things? Because, I mean, as, as we... As we everybody can't be an inventor. No, not everybody. Somebody but that's, has to work the floor, but when there's no floor, where do you work? <laughs> but to defend capitalism, though, capitalism is always an expanding thing. Like, I mean, you're always yeah, trying you to need, find a new way to create a better product. But it well, seems I think, like... I, go ahead. I was going to say, at that point, I think the inventions that are coming out incorporate AI to begin with. Right, you know, so. right. right. It's, it's at some point, the inventions are just going to put more and more people out of work. They'll you learn know? to invent their own things, the AI. And, right. Uh-oh. At some point, yeah. Once we get to that point, we're all useless, yeah. and it just kills us off like some kind of bug. Yep. Ter- you know, Terminator. On, on the windshield, basically. But with AI... I just look. There's a story Walmart, a Walmart story where they brought in a drone to check their inventory for their large warehouse, right? And I'm going to be not completely right on the exact facts here, but I'm right on on how this was going. There were a lot of people on this warehouse floor, and it would basically take them about 30 days to get a good count of the inventory. I don't can't remember how many people were on the floor, but the number of people on the floor that it took was like, I don't know, 60, 70 people, 30 days to do the whole inventory. Now they have a drone that does it in an hour. (laughs) Does it in an hour. Yeah, and it's probably more precise, the human error that goes into that inventory. Doesn't make mistakes, doesn't go for bathroom breaks, isn't uh, over in the corner talking about the last episode of Game of Thrones with a friend. yeah, you also have the humans who are doing the inventory who who uh, claim that there are less of the product so they can steal it. Yeah. I knew a guy who did that once. <laughs> and it wasn't me. It was you, but we don't have to and get no, into it. Was, it actually wasn't me. Okay. But uh, there was a guy that he was in charge of the inventory on the truck. And there was like, electronics, and he would just say, eh, there's uh, seven TVs, and there were eight, and he would take a TV home. Yeah, look, uh, the, and so wow. the drones are better, the machines are better, and for a guy like me, this is somewhat existential, because I'm wedded to capitalism. I'm wedded to that. I, that's, that's, I think it makes people better. I think it makes society stronger. But at the point that every new invention puts 600 more people out of work... You're actually going to get to a point where you can't fault people for not working, right? Like, we're still in that paradigm now where, where if you're able-bodied and you're on welfare, conservatives are like, what's, what's the matter with you? How can you sit around and accept a check? Go out and find some work. But if we get to a day where there is no work to find, then we can't take that attitude with those workers because we all know everyone can't be Steve Jobs or Tom, Thomas Edison and be creating the new thing. The one thing you want to do is with your children, when it comes to future jobs, you do want them on the other side of the drone. You don't want them on the factory floor. What do we do when there's no more factory floor? It's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be 20 years or 30 or 50 or I don't know how far away from it we are. But we're, getting, we're going to get to a point where capitalists such as myself are going to have to rethink things. Maybe people should just be put on large communes and fed. <laughs> what are you, <laughs> you going to do think, with them? 
I think the Daredevil makes a, a return. There's a renaissance, and people like Evil Knievel because watching <laughs> robots do that, it's no fun. It's barely crashes, and it doesn't matter if it breaks. They don't, <laughs> they don't feel pain. It's not fun. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, right. that's, the, that's the element of watching people do that. It's like maybe he dies. So I think that's the one job humans always get to keep. So the Daredevils are safe. Wrestlers. Uh, yeah, because you want to think because. Yeah, basically what you're saying here is maybe show business mm-hmm. is pretty yeah, safe. Entertainment, but that's only in the first wave. At some point, AI will figure out how to do better, dare, better stunts. But you're right. There's no, there's no fear of death, so there's no reason to be a. And that's why you're watching, and it's cool. He tries to jump the Snake River Canyon. Yeah, but that, that's not the part. <laughs> if he made it, it's not, it's not as entertaining as going up in that rocket and parachuting into the river below. It's not as entertaining as Evil Knievel getting completely schnockered, completely drunk, getting into a faulty rocket and pulling the parachute as soon as he left the launch. You're right. A robot is never going to give us that kind of entertainment. So, yeah, I just, it's interesting to me, though. I, I don't know what we're going to do in the future with all the people. You know, you look at like Uber, uh, and, and you marry that to, uh, Auto, auto automated driving, self driving cars, self driving cars. Testing it out, yeah. yeah, they're testing it out already. So in the future, not only will we not buy cars, so there go all those jobs. <laughs> we'll just say, hey, a, a, a driverless car will show up and take us to where we want to go, and we want to come back. We'll get use our phones to have another driverless car. It's not only those jobs selling the cars; those go away. Uh, what about uh, long haul truckers? At the point that you have self driving cars, you'll have self driving trucks. So you're not going to need human beings. To drive loads cross country. Guess what? The machines will never fall asleep. The machines will never make your company liable for somebody else's death. Yeah, I machines will never do cocaine. Yes, they'll never. They'll never do those pet pills that you find <laughs> you at know, the uh, trucker stuff. Hey, look at those jobs. What happened to the? Hey, those trucks need to stop to be fueled. Maybe. But they don't need to stop and eat. So Listen, the, the problem, the problem could be that some evil genius millionaire finds out the technology, uh, taps into the technology that's automating all the cars and the trucks, and then he drives them all into the side of a mountain. That, no, but I- that's another thing. That's that's also the next step in terrorism, right? When all yeah, the cars, that's- when all the cars are automated and self-driving, if I if I get my self-driving Uber, and then it, once I get inside, someone takes that over and drives me someplace I didn't want to go. But web and net security is already AI. Like before, people would have to go through and look for malware and look for holes and label it. And now they already have you know AI that can do that work in the matter of minutes as opposed as opposed to days so you know it's there too you know greg said greg said that the drones wouldn't do the drugs what if a couple of drones want to be human and they start doing the bad stuff then it all goes south you know what i'm saying that's our only chance yeah our only chance is get them addicted they want to be like us (laughs) robot (laughs) rehab that's how we'll stop skynet they'll tell the story the robots were finally defeated because they wanted to listen to Florida Georgia Line and party on the beach. That's have, our only hope. Have you heard of this thing called coffee? I drive faster on it. Beer Let's get is some. fun. Let's drink beer. All right. We do the best goodbyes in the business, so stick around. Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to this special edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Happy Independence Day. I'm the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The Doctrinaires are here. This is our last segment. I'll tell you a few things. 
Number one, you want to download your WSB radio app. Why? Well, it's just a great app to have. You can have WSB with you at all times. But also, on the, uh, on, the, on the splash page there, the front page that comes up, you just hit the Von Hessler Doctrine, and uh, you'll get everything that we do. We do three podcasts a week that are only available there. Plus, this show, our Sunday show, any fill-ins we do are also right there. So you get your WSB radio app, and you get everything Von Hessler. This was a special edition today. Happy Independence Day. We're also doing another special edition of this show on Wednesday. We'll be filling in for Herman Cain. So it'll be on from 9 until noon on that day. So check us out then. And every week we're on Sundays from noon until 3. And some people are saying it's the greatest radio show in the history of radio. I'm a humble person. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying somebody's saying that. So (laughs) with every show, we end the same way, whether you know this or not. Paul Stanley's Kiss tells us what we've learned on the show today. Paul Stanley, Paul Stanley's Kiss Paul Stanley from Kiss. I'm from Kiss. You're not Kiss itself. I'm sure. I'm sure his Kiss could tell us a few things. Uh, He's Mm. kissed a lot of people. Uh Paul Stanley, what have we learned on today's show? We've learned a lot of things today, Eric. First of all, you can get a free robot lawyer to overturn your parking tickets. Look, the world's changing, huh? The the world just spins so fast these days. (laughs) You can hardly keep up, can you? (laughs) You can hardly keep up. Hey, ramen noodles are the most dangerous food item in America. Yeah, we heard a story earlier about a guy who got beat up over ramen noodles. Eat them. That's right, Kenny Chesney, he's a country singer. Mm -hmm. Listen, his concerts are super violent and his fans are slobs. (laughs) How many people went to the hospital with the Kenny Chesney thing? 780. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to lie to people on the deathbeds, according to Eric? Yes, that's what we learned. The Von Hessler doctor said it's okay, yeah, if somebody's dying and they ask for a request that you you know you can never do, don't say no, just say yes. They're going to die and you move on with your life. Sure, kid, I'll hit that home run for you. He's never going to be there to see it. <laughs> Donald Trump needs somebody to be a better vetter. Get it? I get it. He needs a better vetter because... Because he's posting all these racist things from the internet, and it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Listen, make it yourself, Donald, if you're such a good Twitter guy. Yeah. Get Photoshop. It's easy. <laughs> you do Photoshop. Of course I do. I can do layers and masking. You do all masking. the kiss posters? I do all the kit. Listen, I'm, I'm so prolific on there. I make those little flyers for mm-hmm. like rap shows and stuff and get my mixtape. The Von Hessler Doctrine would say to the Trump campaign, just stop retweeting, right? Yeah, don't retweet unless you know what you're retweeting. Just don't retweet. Just put out original tweets and you'll be fine. Hashtag don't do it. Thank you. Paul Stanley from the Rock Band Kiss telling us what we've learned this week. Uh, very quickly, the winners of the Peachtree Road Race. All right, we'll go in order here. For the 47th annual AJC Peachtree Road Race, Josh George won the wheelchair men's. Uh, Titania McFadden won the wheelchair women's. Uh, Tanzania's Gabriel Gay won the men's professional. And Kenya's Edna Kiplakin like won that. the women's, uh, professional women's. All right, that was this episode, a very special episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again on Wednesday at 9 and Sunday at noon. But until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn.